Yeah, thanks for having me on too. Oh, I appreciate, appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this, and uh, appreciate Dan for for setting everything up. He's a good guy. Good guy. We're, he, we're lucky to have him. He seems to be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, how to shut the door too, so we've got some no problem. Quiet, and we don't hear New York City traffic. <laughs> okay, let's do it. All right, all right, all right, Leadheads. We are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Lefty. Ten years of educating the uneducated here on the Talking Lead Podcast. We appreciate you, Leadheads. Supporting us over these 10 years, making uh, each and every week uh, fun and exciting and educational. And we've got a very educational and entertaining show for you this episode, Leadheads. Uh, you know, a few episodes back, um, I'd kind of got the, the lever action bug, and I had some folks on, and we talked um, more modernized uh, lever action rifles. We had Mad Pig Customs. Uh, Steve with Mad Pig Customs, we had uh, Pete Pie with Defiant Munitions on, and we had um, Mr. Troy Storch, uh, Midwest Industries. But uh, that kind of got me thinking of of other lever action heroes that we should have on the show, and I thought, what better uh, company or person to have on? And I was very lucky to get this person. I was just hoping to get anybody from... Uh, Henry Repeating Arms on the show because they do more than just rifles. Uh, we got the owner and and president himself, Anthony Imperato, on the show, ladies and gentlemen. How how was that for a score? <laughs> Anthony, welcome in. Well, thank you, for, thank you for having me on. Uh, looking forward to to chatting with you a bit, and just for the sake of clarity. I had been the president for the past 25 years, and uh, they pushed me aside now. I am the CEO and founder, so Andy Wickstrom is now the company president. Gotcha. And he could he could do all the fun things I used to do. So well, it's, it it seems that you're opened up to do even more fun things now that you're not uh, tied down as the president, as the CEO and and um, the founder of the company. You uh, seem to be going out more, getting more FaceTime with with the customers, with the industry, and it seems like you're having a really good time doing that. Yeah, uh, you know, consider myself blessed, really, to be in this uh, wonderful industry uh, because of the great people I've met, you know, from sea to shining sea. Uh, so many consumers, customers that have become friends of mine, and maybe we never met face to face, but correspond by email and a few of them have my cell phone, etc. Nice. Uh, but I, I, I try to make my way occasionally and surprise them. And as we say in Brooklyn, ring, ring their bell. I showed up <laughs> a couple of Fourth of July's ago in Moorcroft, Wyoming, which is, you know, kind of a remote locale and uh, pull up in uh, in uh, one of our Henry trucks and lo and behold uh, 
one of our good customers came out and we sat on the porch oh, having nice. coffee for a couple of hours. So <laughs> I, I, I'm really lucky to be able to, to do that kind of stuff. It's it's just uh, wonderful and wonderful enjoyment for me. Absolutely. And and like us, you know, we're celebrating our 10 year anniversary uh, this year. Henry Repeating Arms, you guys are celebrating your 25th anniversary. And you're kind of doing it with a big bang. So congratulations on 25 years in the firearms industry with, with the iconic Henry rifle. Thank you. Yeah. Um, for congratulations on your decade. Thank you. Doing what you're doing. Time time moves along pretty quickly. Uh, I I've been in the firearms business, the gun business, uh full time since about 1980 so it's a little over 40 years i'm in the in the firearms business because it goes back to my grandfather's retail police equipment slash gun shop i worked behind the counter there oh, cool growing up and and then in my father's wholesale firearms business etc uh but in 1993 i took a licensing agreement with Colt for making their Colt black powder guns, uh, mortgaged my house, took out a, like a home equity kind of loan. And oh, wow. Set up shop in Brooklyn, New York, began building the Colt black powder uh, signature series revolvers. And then uh, five years later, got the first Henry's off the ground in March of 1997. Wow. So you started off doing black powder revolvers, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, my father had had a had a very strong relationship with Colt for a number of years as a wholesaler. And uh, there was a, a, a kind of a dormant licensing agreement we had. And uh, I, I decided to resurrect it and give it a go. And uh, it, it, it's Honestly, that was the entree into getting Henry repeating arms up and uh, going. So the the lever action, um, as, as my lead heads know, this is kind of a new passion of mine. I've always loved it. I always loved the rifle. My dad had, uh, you know, Winchester 94, you know, Model 94 when I was growing up, used for hunting. Mm -hmm. And uh, he uh, passed away several years ago. And, you know, I got that rifle, which is which is right here. Happened to have it handy. Very nice. And, uh, you know, this is kind of the one that, that got me into it. But then, of course, the Westerns. You know, watching those old Westerns, the the John Wayne movies and the uh, the Ford and, you know, all those guys, the legendary uh, spaghetti Westerns and things like that. You know, you always see those in there. The Lone Ranger. You know, I grew up watching the Lone Ranger on TV and, you know, the the – revolvers and the lever actions were always you know the prevalent guns in in those movies and uh, and i always loved them and i you know i had my dad's and i just never really um thought any more about them other than that until um i saw this post by mad pig customs and i think you're familiar with with the guys over at mad pig customs uh where they are taking henry's and marlins nowadays you know, and they're modernizing them. They're putting those rails on the front. They've got different stocks they're putting on them. You know, they're modifying your rifles uh, and then just making them more modernized where people can slap those accessories on there. You know, the more accessories nowadays, you know, the better for, for a, lot of, a lot of folks. 
Uh, but they're going inside, you know, they're doing a lot of things to the innards and, you know, all that too. But that got me rekindled my love for it. And I haven't done that yet on any, any of the levers that I've, that I've got, but I picked up another one the other day too, it was another uh, 94. I got it right here. Very similar to the other one. This was, this one was made in 1964, but it's a, a 94 model. Uh, I got at an auction I just happened by. And, um, you know, that, that's what really spurred it and sparked it for me and, and got my interest going again. I kind of am interested in, in how you got involved with, again, what you just said, your family, ever since you were born, you guys have been in the, the firearms industry. So growing up, yes. what, what got you involved with the, the lever action? Why did you decide to go lever action versus some other firearm? Well, I'll get to that question, but first let me segue in with this, you know, uh, the lever action is, in my mind, really America's rifle. The reason being, it was invented here and by Benjamin Tyler Henry. And if you look at most other firearms designs, over and under shotgun, bolt action rifle, revolver, even mm-hmm. a semi-automatic pistol, etc., those actions were designed and birthed outside of the USA. The lever action was born here and served this country very well from the mid 1860s through, let's say the 1980s, 90s, where it began waning Yeah. at that, at that point. Uh, but you know, as you know, I'm hunting with a lever action, uh, keeping the gun on the ranch or for your home for self-protection. Uh, lever, the lever action is America's rifle. Competition shooting made in many other countries at all. You know, there's a couple of minor exceptions. You know, a bolt action rifle is made everywhere, but it was designed in, you know, in in Europe. To answer, answer, answer your question, uh, you know, it's a good question because why would I go into a market that was declining at that point? Winchester had seen its better days. Marlin was uh, also somewhat uh, at, you know, sort of the end of the road uh, and uh, so to speak. Um, and so uh, we decided to resurrect the lever action market with a, a price point made in America, Rimfire 22, uh, that uh, was backed by extraordinary customer service. And a uh, pinch of sand at a time, one day at a time, we built that interest back not only to where it was but we think we have surpassed that and uh have a whole brand new uh, group of lever action lovers that didn't exist before mm-hmm. and it's also one of the most reliable firearms actions oh, as far as feeding and as far as accuracy so um hey you know you can't go wrong you no absolutely wrong. and you know that's something that I, I've noticed too when I when I started doing the research on that first lever action show that I did. It was just I was amazed at the popularity, the resurgence 
of the lever action because uh you know i was i was like hey i I need to go pick up a couple of lever actions and you know start playing around with them and looking at the prices on them nowadays you know i figured i'd go pick one up for you know 300 bucks or something that's like whoops that's not the case uh and uh that you know that kind of led me down that road of exploring it and just the resurgence of the of the lever action the popularity uh, has astounded me. Um, I was shocked to see that. Um, pleasantly, you know, pleasantly, um, but kind of unpleasant for my wallet. But um, <laughs> when I went to these auctions, yeah, you know, the, there's so the, much. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Firearms industry, like everything else, is subject to uh, you know inflation and oh yeah costs of labor and materials and where you know henry repeating arms made in america or not made at all you know if you want to get an imported uh firearm you might save a few bucks but um you know we've been we've been all about made in america from the get-go our our original motto was made in america and price right because you know we we had a 22 lever action out for about 200 bucks when we first started yeah. some 25 years ago and it's still quite a value but oh, absolutely. if you're using genuine american walnut as an example and uh you're gun drilling the way we do etc you know it costs a few bucks to put a gun together it does and and i'll rephrase my answer or my comment there and the 22s are still very affordable when you, when you get the rim fires it's when you get into the you know, the center fires where, you know, and that's, that's the calibers that I'm looking for more of the hunting, you know, the 30, thirties, sure. the, uh, the 45 seventies, you know, those, those type, um, calibers. And that, that's where, you know, you can get into some bucks, but still well, well worth it. Like you said, um, to get American made reliability, uh, and the customer service that Henry repeating arms is known for. And you know, it's, it's astounding. So, um, thank, thank, talk. thank you. We, we take we take that personally, but let me finish up on your point about yeah. pricing and and firearms. Look, there's very few products that you can buy where the consumer expects it to basically last for four generations. Okay, heirloom quality, yeah, and barely have barely have to be fixed. You know, so. If you're spending, let's say, seven, eight hundred dollars, a thousand dollars on something that's going to last for sixty-five years before you have to put a lot of effort into, uh, you know, getting it serviced, the consumer is getting, for lack of a better expression, such a great value in a firearm. Uh, And when you think about what goes into it, seventy-two working parts that have to feed correctly, you know, fire a projectile accurately, etc. The gun is a tremendous value. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, so You you sold me. I'm I'm sold. Yeah, I'm yeah, sold. Yeah. I just <laughs> The yeah. my my point just point, was just pointing that out. My point was the popularity because when when there's more demand for something also, you know, that's another you know that very well. Um prices go up as well. And uh, I think that more so than than anything, um, at the time that I started the research was was the reason why the you know the price increase on them. But since you know with the COVID and you know the the 
shortage on parts and and materials that we've experienced not only in this country but you know worldwide uh you know that's affected everything and you know, it's just yeah. kind of part of life right now which sucks but yeah yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's I, I, that's life abso- absolutely yeah the the but there was the the interest in the American cowboy and all that it symbolizes is so strong. Yeah. You have uh, some network TV stations that exist and they've got large audiences just showing reruns of Gunsmoke, The Rifleman, uh, you know, all of the old great Valley. Uh, spaghetti westerns, etc. And then you've got a show like Yellowstone and, and a couple of their spinoffs that are the biggest shows on, on uh, you know, cable television, 14, 15 million viewers. The, the power of the, the American cowboy and really the American spirit is uh, alive and well. Yeah, and the, the lever action, like you said, that, that's, that's the symbol of you know, the American West of America, you know, that's the gun that won the West, right? Is that what, Yeah. what one of them's been coined as? And then, um, what was the one in the civil war? It's like the gun you load on Sunday or yeah, well, that's all the week. original Henry <laughs> rifle, uh, you know, the, uh, the, I don't know, slogan, if you want to call it yeah. that, uh, or the quote was, you know, the gun that you load on Sunday and shoots all, all, all week. week long. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we have we brought back that model. I think it was in 2011 or 2012. We have what we call the new original Henry rifle, quite spectacular with the uh, and complicated to make with the uh, the octagon barrel and the tube being one piece and uh, the whole. I really uh, love the octagon barrels. You know that that to me is like the really the iconic ones when you can get the uh, the octagon barrels. I love those. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, elegant styling. But we, you know, we're talking about heritage here, but we have a modern platform. We've got the new X series, uh, and we've got you know synthetic stock versions with bells and whistles, like you were uh, indicating before. And uh, they serve the today's consumers' needs. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pulling yeah. up for our video audience. I'm pulling up the Henry uh, website right here, and um, I've gone to the the shotguns because I didn't realize that you guys did more than the rifles. Which, you know, again, the name Henry Repeating Arms. You guys are more than just the rifles. You know, I want to talk about that, but first. Um, the center fires, you know, that's the ones that I'm really into, or the the center fire lever actions here. Sure. Uh, and for your 25th anniversary, um, do you have any special releases for your 25th anniversary? Uh, we do actually, but what we are starting with is uh, uh, we're making uh, a 25th anniversary Golden Boy. We are making 1,000 of them, oh, and wow. they will be sold off, and 100% of the proceeds uh, will go to Henry's Gun through Henry's Guns for Great Causes charitable arm of the company. And uh, we nice. will have uh, about a million dollars or a little bit more to donate and parcel out to 
several worthwhile charities, including sick children's hospitals, wounded veterans organizations, wildlife conservation, first responders and law enforcement, fallen law enforcement, uh, families of fallen law enforcement, uh, and Second Amendment endeavors. That is awesome. Uh, in fact, I just presented a check uh, for $50,000. That was the first check to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, which both caters to first responders, you know, 911, fallen, uh, fallen officers, fallen uh, fire department, and they also are now involved in building homes for uh, uh, military veterans. And on Saturday, July 16th, I'll be at the VFW convention. We're presenting a $50,000 check to the veterans of foreign wars. So um, that's the first gun that we're doing in, uh, you know, in honor of our 25th anniversary so we can, we can uh, give back, but then we'll have some special editions, some very, very limited special editions, one of 25 with exhibition grade walnut. I mean, these guns are going to look incredible oh, along yeah. various models in in our line. So uh, if folks listening are interested, uh, sign up, get on our email list and get our free catalog. The free catalog comes with a list of dealers in your area. You get two decals, you get the Henry Rapido, which is a nice sort of lifestyle newsletter. Nice. And that's at henryusa.com. Yeah, and I've got it pulled up for our video audience here, but for our, our listening audience, uh, again, like um, Anthony said, you go to Henry, it's henryusa.com, right? Correct, henryusa.com. Uh, and that's where you can get that free catalog. Uh, you can see their full line of rifles, which I, you know I've got their website pulled up here now. And you know the charitable events uh, and and donations that you're doing is something that I wanted to talk about too. And um, you just nailed it. So um, you said a million. You plan on donating a, at least a million dollars this year? Yes, that's it'll amazing. Be a million. It will be a million dollars, if not a little bit more. Wow, that is awesome. And when you do these these limited edition, I assume they're going to be auctioned auctioned off items or how are you going to do they'll that? be they'll be sold at uh, a specific price and again 100 percent every single thing we've done in guns for great causes is 100 percent goes to charity that's period. amazing and uh you know it's it's uh, we we do we've done individual sick children's cases where we'll build 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 Henry's will put some artwork that relates to the child mm -hmm. uh, somewhere on the stock. And uh, we normally auction off serial number one uh, and and the others are, 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 are sold off. But again, all of the proceeds go to either the organization or, you know, a specific family that is struggling with a sick child. Very good. And the article for the uh, the donation to the Tunnel to Towers, uh, you guys can go to their website there, and there's a nice article about it there. Um, amazing. $50,000. Man, you guys are very generous. Um, I didn't realize that about your company, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that. 
And uh, thank you. You know, it, it's uh, look. We could norm, we could take the case of making donations and being quiet about it. But when I started this some twenty something years ago, I was so tired of the gun industry getting a black eye that anytime there was something in the media related to the gun industry, it was not a single positive thing. Mm-hmm. And I know after spending. 40 something years in this industry that how good the people are in this industry not only the business people but the consumers that are out there they're all for the most part 99.9 percent law-abiding tax-paying god-fearing they'll give you the right arm first they'll give you the left arm if you need it great folks and so i just want to show that you know that's what this industry is is all about, and that's where Guns for Great Causes came from. Well, you're doing the the Lord's work for the firearms industry, and I appreciate that. And um, like I said, I was going to get to that in, in our segment for the Leadhead Brigade Heroes because I was going to nominate you and Henry Repeating Arms as our Leadhead Brigade Hero uh, this episode. So uh, congratulations. You're our Leadhead Brigade Hero this episode. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry I tripped you up on that one. No, that's fine. This is a fly by the seat of your pants show, and our listeners know that. So we chase squirrels, and 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 you know we get back on target eventually. But uh, yes, I wanted I wanted our listeners to to know the amazing um, PR, and you know you guys are great ambassadors for this industry, and and all the donations and the charities, and it's not just one. I mean you you share the wealth. You know, you're like you mentioned there earlier. You know, you're doing children's um, uh, nonprofits. You're doing military and law enforcement nonprofits. You know, helping wounded and you're building houses, helping people build houses, and I mean, it's just unlimited. So it, it, it's amazing, and you know, we need more companies like Henry Repeating Arms uh, to publicize what they're doing because you don't get enough coverage and. You know, a lot, a lot of them, a lot of these companies think, you know, we'll just kind of do all this stuff behind the, the curtains. We don't want a lot of exposure for it. But um, I think they're doing a disservice to our industry by not getting it out there and promoting and pushing and letting people know that the firearms industry does more for our country than any other industry that's out there. Um, so thank you for, for doing that, Anthony. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, uh, also within the industry, there's there are important things uh, that we have uh, always supported, such as wildlife conservation. So we'll be making donations in wildlife conservation. And, you know, we partner with uh, all of uh, the industry's uh, organization, Ducks Unlimited, Pheasants Forever, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, National Wild Turkey Federation, Mule Deer Foundation, Mule Deer, yeah. on, on, on and on and on, and some other entities, uh, of course, in wildlife conservation. And then we get behind firearm safety, hunter education, uh, youth shooting sports, uh, such as with the Youth Shooting Sports mm-hmm. uh, Alliance or the uh, IHEA, um, et cetera, et cetera. All of those things are really important to us. Uh, you know, we, we, put, we believe in all of that. 
and we will continue to support those areas and organizations. That is awesome. That's fantastic. Now, do you guys get behind the uh, the cowboy action shooting? You, you guys uh, get involved with some of that? Uh, a little bit, but we we are in the process of making uh, you know some more inroads in that uh, shooting sport discipline. Uh, the uh, the uh, the guidelines for cow- cowboy action shooting, you know, many of our modern designs were not acceptable in cowboy action shooting. The big boy line is, the original Henry is, and um, we are going to be working more closely with uh, uh, the organizations yeah. involved and uh, teams, etc., cetera, uh, to, to get, be- get behind that and other shooting sports disciplines sure. you know lever action silhouette yeah etc we also support a lot of handgun competitions too which you know kind of go under the radar you know if yeah. it's a gun it shoots and you're involved in the, you know in the beauty of the sport and enjoying the sport we're, we're, we're freedom in supporting it. yes your yes. second amendment rights second. so how oh, do, yeah how do you feel about the the latest supreme court uh ruling on that the and that directly affects you because you're in new york yeah well you know we uh, the the gun shop that we had in new york city since 1911 i closed it last year so it was 110 years old i closed it because it was we kept it open for sentimental reasons for the past 20 years yeah, it, say, that's it, probably uh, hard for you when to it do. was a, when it was a cop shop where cops were buying, police were buying guns from us. Now they have their own equipment bureau. Uh, and then it's so hard for a New York City resident to get a gun permit and it would it would cost five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars for them to do all of the paperwork. Uh, and if they needed a lawyer to help them with paperwork, of course it would cost them so much more. Uh, but, you know, you know, growing up working in that sort of constrained environment where you know people felt the need to defend themselves yet you know couldn't go into their pockets for that kind of money or uh, just didn't want to deal with the burden of all all of this paperwork and uh, let alone the right to be able to 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 carry I mean now more than ever in New York City and I'm a long time I'm 65 years old. I'm a longtime New York City resident. Uh, you know, we had a dark period in the 1970s into the into the 1980s where you just didn't feel safe here. And then uh, Mayor Giuliani uh, with a couple of stints and then Mayor Bloomberg, despite his, uh, you know, anti-gun behavior, uh, the two of them kept this city safe. When this last administration came in, they just dismantled the whole thing. And, uh, you know, you have to worry about walking on the subway or, you know, in certain areas, walking on the streets, even in in good areas. You know, we're seeing grab and go crimes here and things like that. So people are not feeling safe. And uh, it's it's really the time to consider uh, going to, uh, you know, purchase a firearm, but it's still difficult here. You know, yeah. it's still quite difficult. 
Well, hopefully, the, you know, this Supreme Court ruling will lead to you know, better conditions for people in the, in your area, in that area of the country, to exercise their right for self-defense. Yeah, I'll never forget. Uh, I was a young man behind the, uh, the counter in our store, and uh, a father and son came in, and they had just opened up a check cashing business in what would be, you know, somewhat of a difficult neighborhood, let's call it that. And they weren't sure what to buy. And I convinced them, I think you should start out with a revolver, etc. And so they, they, they bought a revolver and lo and behold, uh, a week or two later, uh, they, uh, there was a hold up there. They, oh, they, wow. they were able to protect themselves and they came back thanking me for selling them that firearm, uh, you know, and that's when it really, the bells went off. It really resonated with me is, you know, this is why I do what I do. Like the, these people were able to protect themselves. Right. And unfortunately you don't, you don't hear those stories. You always hear the negative stories and we're putting blame on the gun. Absolutely. You know, and that's, <clears throat> and that is unfortunate. Um, you know, we were talking about this on the last episode is especially, you know, going through an election cycle, you know, and their agendas. And, you know, we're seeing all the the reports of these mass shootings again, you know, and it seems to happen cyclical um, every time there's an election period. You know, this stuff comes rears its head again. But uh, you never hear about the good guys with a gun. You know, those stories never surface. They never see the light of day. Um but that's what we try to focus on here on this show too. And um, when we yeah, hear I stories like that, I don't try to get too political. But since you, yeah, you you just mentioned this, and, and we're we're on the just in the aftermath of these horrific, horrific, horrific mass shootings. Uh, you know, and the, the other side of the tracks thinks that we're emotionless, uh, cold-blooded. Uh, people because we're in the gun industry and it couldn't get any further from the truth than that. But yeah, and we know that I wonder where are, where are the parents of these young individuals who are doing these things? Where, where is the family? Yeah. Where's the family? And the way I look at it and I'll give you the short of it is that uh, these young people aren't growing up with being able to develop a conscience because religion is not a big part of a family anymore. Uh, there's no respect for law enforcement. There's no respect for teachers. There, there, there's no respect for authority. There's no respect for grandparents, etc. And so the ability to have a conscience and say, this is something I shouldn't do. I mean, I grew up, uh, you know, with my grandmother being three times a week at church, a Catholic. And it was like, if you told a white lie, you're going to burn in hell. You know, we had something holding us back from doing something wrong. There's nothing holding uh, these individuals back because all of that is now it's gone. It's just simply gone. And, and, And until we recognize that we have to fix that somehow. And I'm not here to push religion on people, but uh, 
somehow that mechanism has to come in place. And absolutely, uh, you know, yeah. it's not necessarily religion, but it's it's the the core moral values that religion teaches. You know, those core core moral values that that this generation, the past few generations, have missed out on, and you've nailed it. Anthony, you nailed it. That and when people are saying, "What's the problem? What do we do? Is it the gun? Is it mental health?" No, it's the core family unit that has gone away, and the the sense of family pride. You know, I wouldn't. There's tons of things that I've considered doing that I wouldn't do because you know that would be uh, an insult to my family. You know, kind of thing, or it would sure. it would shame my family. You know, and that was instilled in me through, you know great-grandparents, grandparents, you know, and parents, generation after generation after generation, and that's the way that my parents, you know, I had parents, I had a mother, I had a father, um, you know, I grew up with a family unit, I had two brothers, uh, two older brothers, you know, they beat a lot of sense into me, but... <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. that's, you nailed family it, that's what is, we're... Family is, imp- you could have a mother and father, but they have to be present. Yes. They have to be present, they have to be there. I could talk about this for for hours, honestly. Yeah. It, 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 you know, and and our school systems are going to have to recognize when they see a child that is sort of isolated, is not in the mainstream. And some studies have been done recently, and they've had some test cases where they've singled out individual children who seem to be troubled. And they simply began, let's call it, showing them some love and showing them some attention. One boy in one of these test cases actually said, because you did that, you saved me from doing something bad. That's all it takes. Right. It just right. takes some effort here. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't understand why that's not the focus of all these debates and conversations. It's not the guns. It's not the mental health. You know, the, the mental the mental health issues stem from you know coming from messed up backgrounds. You know, not having a a solid youth. You know, when you're growing up, not having a solid role model, not having a solid family unit. You know, I I think that has led to a lot of these disturbed individuals going out and doing the things that they're doing. So, you know, they want to they find the core issue. You nailed it, Anthony. It's you know the loss of religion, the loss of morals, the loss of you know teaching these values through a family unit, and whether that's a mother and a father, or grandparents, or an extended family, you know through through church or you know some other type uh, organization. Uh, that's that's what we've lost, and that's that's why we're where we're at today. Yeah, yeah. I I look at it uh, like I said a little bit earlier as the mechanism of developing a conscience is not there. Yeah. They took they 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 stripped that all away from all of these things that we just discussed. Yeah. I really believe that it's it's fixable if we as a society pay more attention to it and collectively, you know, with an effort go to go to try and heal this thing. Absolutely. You know, but uh, to stay in this train of thought, um, uh, you know, about guns, and let's call it guns and crime, uh, not that it's insignificant, but these mass shootings are 
if you just want to get cold about it, insignificant in numbers compared to, you know, the amount of deaths in urban crime. And you never hear discussions about what we need to do to really resolve that problem. You know, if, if uh, you know, if, if if you have cancer, they're not going to go to pull a tooth. They're going to give you chemotherapy. You know, we're looking at some of these problems and trying to throw things at them that make absolutely no sense that don't resolve the problem. Exactly. And uh, my uh, and again, I could talk about this for hours. Oh, please and, continue. Uh, this yeah, is yeah. great. This is. This is my people feeling need to hear. here is this very simple equation with these gun crimes in urban America. But of course, it's a very complex social, economic, historical, cultural. You could weave all of these things into it. Problem that would take a lot to address. But with the right problem solving type people behind it, probably a quasi public and 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 and, and government think tank with all sure. of the right people. I believe this. You end poverty, you end gun crime, you end violence. That's what it that's what it takes. If the folks in the difficult urban areas, if there were jobs and hope and interest in education and belief in families and all of those things, you wouldn't see gun crime in inner cities. That's what this is. That's what will, at the end of the day, resolve once and for all. And look, this country has money. And I'm not saying here's just reparations. There's a bigger, longer story behind this. And We could stay on, we could discuss this for hours and hours. The answer is this, end poverty equals ending violence, period, period. Drug crime, which is 80% of what goes on with it. And you know, look look at all the money that we had with COVID. There's money there and I think- Oh my gosh, and Ukraine. the money we're sending with the to right Ukraine. people, we could fix this problem. Absolutely, with people who know how to solve problems, like business people, like you, we know how to solve. Problems. Like Anthony, I mean, and you nailed it. the The key component there is is teaching conscience. You know, teaching people to have a conscience when they're young, and that's like where you got to start right there. And then all this other will work itself out. But yeah. The great conversation, like you said, uh, like you said, you know, we didn't want to talk politics, but we talked a little politics, so we we got it out of our system. And oh, by you the way, riled up now. But let's get back to to Henry, uh, repeating arms. Yeah, let's get back to the fu- let's get back to the, the fun, fun stuff. stuff. The fun stuff. So I want to talk about you now. I want our listeners to learn a little more about you. Um, and it sounds like you've been involved with the firearms ever since you were born. Uh, it's you know it's kind of a, a family tradition. Uh, what's your earliest recollection of the first firearm that you ever shot? It was uh, my grandfather's 
Pocket 32 Colt Revolver. And uh, in our little store in Little Italy behind the what was the old police headquarters, which was there for decades, they moved in the 1970s to uh, another location in downtown Manhattan. But we had a single lane range in the basement next to the gunsmithing tables. And excuse me. That's okay. And uh, one of the gunsmiths that worked there was like, hey, kid, I'm going to show you how to use a gun. Let's, Sweet. How old were you? I still remember the target being wheeled down. By hand? You know, manually wheeled down to the end of end of the range. And uh, that's still my favorite gun today. My, it's my, because it's, it's uh, sentimental. And you still have that? Yes. Oh, that's oh, yeah. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And how old yeah. were you? I'm sorry? How old were you? Seven. Around seven? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Seven, seven years old. But you grew up in a unique, you know, situation, um, you know, with your family being in the firearms where most people are like, you know, I went out hunting with my granddad or, you know, something, and, you know, we shot out in the woods or something like that. But what kind of target was it? Do you remember the actual target itself? Yeah, we used to sell the targets. You know, it was a typical, you know, black and white circular target and yeah. you know we were selling them to the police uh, for, to the police department training centers also but and then when uh, the gunsmiths repaired a gun for somebody and you know needed to check for accuracy they 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 put one out and um, you know it was quite unusual to have uh, a, a license to be able to you know, have a range in, in, in New York city. Yeah. But, you know, remember I, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up playing stick ball and stoop ball and, you know, urban street games. Uh, you know, if, if we had 10 feet by five feet of, uh, you know, grass in the backyard, that was, <laughs> that was a lot of, lot of space, but somehow I have in my DNA, a connection to, you know, America's heartland. Like it just, I don't know where it came from, but like there's a respect and a kinship there. And I've been able to travel, uh, you know, this city slicker has been able to travel through the smallest towns, you know, in, in America from Creed, Colorado to Etheridge, Tennessee, to Sedan, Kansas, et cetera, et cetera. And I have such a fondness, uh, you know, for our heartland. And you know, yeah, it, it, I get emotional about it. And I and I love, you know, I'm a New York City guy too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not happy about the current circumstances sure. of the past few years. But this is this is a great city. The people are resilient. The cult, you know, the sports, the music, the uh, restaurants. You know, it's, food. It's, yeah, it's great. The food, it's it's great too. You know, uh, but the, you know, there's, uh, I don't know why it's there, but uh, my love and respect uh, for the heartland is there. Now, did you ever get into hunting? Uh, to be honest, uh, no. You know, I've been on a a couple of hunts. Sure. Uh, to you know, uh, but what happened back when I started? Coke black powder, which evolved into Henry, 
uh, I basically put on my boots and uh, the factory was 15 minutes from my home. I had three children. I wanted to see them. And I was there at minimum six days a week, yeah. if not longer. And then we began running infomercials on television, which were on the weekend. And I gave out my email address and people would email me on Saturdays and Sundays. And it was all consuming. I've been invited on the most amazing, you know, bird oh, hunts in Argentina imagine. or Spain. I've been invited to, you know, safaris in Africa, the greatest, uh, but I just never had the time for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's, speaks volumes to why your company has been so successful and is successful. You know, it's because you put your heart and soul and your time into it, and that's that's great. Now, are, now are your kids into uh, the family business as well, or are they taking no, different routes? No, no, they're not. They they do their own they do their own thing, which I'm happy sure. about. And uh, you know, I don't want my big ego and big shadow to get in there <laughs> to get in their way. So uh, I'm I'm happy that they're doing their their own thing. Oh, absolutely. No, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. So yeah. back to your youth. Um, you know, we talked about the the first gun that you shot. You said it was your grandfather's pocket 32 and you still have that, which is awesome. I would love to see pictures of that. That would be, that'd be cool to post up. Um, as you were growing up, you know, you said you're a city kid, you grew up and you did more, a lot of the, the, the street type, you know, playing the ball and hitting the stick ball with the stick and that kind of stuff. What um, I was gonna say, what was kind of your your go to 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 get away from it all, or you like a hobby kind of thing? Well, as as a young, I've always been a sports guy, and uh, so you know, I played on uh, both you know the the local softball team and uh, you know the local basketball team. You know, I uh, played in school, and then I also uh, you know played in uh you know some organized rec leagues basketball locally that was you know that was that was my exercise and 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 my hobbies uh you know as as a younger man yeah Uh, what's your sports team what's your favorite sports team i'm a diehard new york yankees fan uh in football i'm a giants fan uh i was a knicks fan for quite some time now I'm uh, more inclined to root for the Brooklyn team, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, nice. And I'm also a, a, a race car fan. And uh, you may have seen, we, 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 we stick ourselves in, in racing. Uh, my son has raced in the Porsche Cup Series and the IMSA WeatherTech Series. Uh, we've done uh, some... Uh, NASCAR racing. In fact, Fourth uh, of July weekend, we have uh, the Henry 180, which is the uh, Xfinity race, and we'll have Riley Herbst, who's on the Haas team behind the the Henry car at Road America. Road America, probably the greatest uh, sports car track in the country. Um, yeah, well, I've had some and, NASCAR uh, yeah. guys on the show. Uh, Ryan Newman, uh, he's been on the show. Uh huh. Had him on. We sponsored a uh, Camping World Series truck a few years back. Uh, we had the the Talking Lead logo on there. Um, uh-huh, cool. 
cool. There, you yeah. know how it, it's it gets in your blood. Racing gets in your blood. It's 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 a it's addictive, you know. Uh, and then of course now I've fallen in love with Formula One and oh just, man. We also have a guy Cody Swanson racing uh, in these modified uh, classes. You could you could check that out too with Doran Racing. Okay, Cody, what? Uh, What's his name? Cody Swanson. Swanson, okay. And uh, Andy Wickstrom, our company president, he spearheads our dirt racing team, and so we're involved in dirt racing That's awesome. too. So. You'll catch our logo on a few co- guns and gears is is what it's all. We got to have a little fun. Absolutely. Know, plus, uh, promote the brand at the same time. But, so. you know, th- this is the most diverse and welcoming industry community that there is, the firearms industry. Um, and that's what I try to do on this show, too, is by having different guests on, like Ryan Newman, you know, have a NASCAR guy on. We've had Carl Malone on the show, you know, basketball. So, wow. so we, you know, we want to show the diversity that, it's not just the good old boy redneck, um, you know, syndicate that they make us out to be in the liberal media. It's everyone, no matter what your color is, your religion, your sexual orientation, everyone loves their firearms. And um, that's, you know, what the message isn't getting out there about that. And that's what we try to do on this show. And I love that you guys are doing that as well by getting into these other industries like the racing. And it's hard to get. You know, they they heavily edited my logo because they, they wouldn't let me have the bullet holes. They wouldn't let me have the bullets on the car. I was able to sneak this in on the car, though, the microphone, because <laughs> they thought it was a microphone yeah. instead of a bullet microphone. So, yeah, um, that's mainly because te- the television is, uh, you know, clamped down on all of that stuff. We 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 yeah. ran for years, uh, several years on you know uh, news clusters we were even on cnn or msnbc because it was bought as a package and all of that yeah and just all of the and then unfortunately even networks that you would think are conservative uh when it comes to lawyers and standards and practices uh just becomes anti-gun but that's what got in my jaw initially it was like but before we did uh, infomercials. I couldn't sleep one night. I went downstairs into the basement so I wouldn't disturb anybody. And I put the TV on. It's three o'clock in the morning, and I see an infomercial for colon cleanser. <laughs> and uh, and and I'm like, if they could sell this on TV, we've got to be able to sell our beautiful, well-made uh, pieces of Americana. Henry Rifles. And, uh, you know, we kind of broke a barrier there with we ran infomercials for several years selling guns, you know, selling guns. Were you the Not direct to the public, but we spoke about, you know, our product line, our Mm -hmm. company, et cetera. Were you the face man? Were you the guy doing the infomercials? Yes, I was the talking head. Are those videos still out there or... Yeah, yeah. You could go into our, you know, Henry videos, uh, probably on our YouTube channel. I know they're on on our website. Oh, that's cool. uh, You know, we have several of these infomercials that we made. Because today you can't, there's no gun advertising whatsoever, you know, on TV or radio. They shut you down. There's very few venues. Uh, venues that you can you can go you know you can't even advertise 
that you have a free catalog on Facebook. Oh, you know, they, really? They, they, they won't let you do that. Like Henry wants to offer a free catalog and pay for advertising on Facebook. Hey, get our free catalog. We can't do it. Yeah, they have you know? heavily shadow banned the firearms industry, and I've I've experienced it um, just this this last month heavily, um, which I don't know what's uh, kicked them off to me now. But you know, in the past, I've not had any issues, but they've really heavily banned my post and you know things that I'm doing now, which I'm not in the business of selling fire. I don't sell firearms, you know, and then yeah. I, I'm but it's, more it's, free speech it's kind of thing related. But I'll tell you an interesting little thing here. When the horrible, horrific Newtown tragedy happened, we immediately we pull our we pull our advertising. That's you know par for par for the course. It's you know disrespectful. Even though, thank you, we had nothing sure. to do with that. But it's just par for the course. We pull our advertising. The next morning, I'm flipping the channels in a motel room somewhere, and there's the video game network. And they're showing, you know what goes on. Yeah, like yeah. One of their people getting their heads blown first off. First person left shooter games. And right. Like it was going for candy bars. Yeah. That's allowed to stay on TV, but we can't say. Here's a made in America, American employees, American walnut, uh, you know, American heritage product. We can't we well, can't say that we have to go hide in the sand. But yet they could do that yeah. or they could show shows about gang violence and glorify it. Yeah. Which is inc incredible. They pulled us off of the history channel at one point oh my god and, and still we, we we can't go on the history channel and they were showing uh, i can't remember the name of the of the show but the episodes were basically about gang violence yeah and killings but it was okay to show it's okay that. show that but not a, a good responsible safe firearms company that is promoting yeah. safety and education and uh, training, you know, that is exactly it's ridiculous, but you know, I, I get where you're coming from and it is very frustrating and, um, very hypocritical. And I don't, I don't know how we change that other than getting, you know, good, solid American two a proponent people that own companies to start their own, their own networks and news stations and film companies and, you know, all that. It's just, those those industries are so infiltrated with socialist and you know people of that mindset that we've lost control you know when it comes to that but let's get back to fun stuff i want to talk talk about you okay. um when it comes to and i, I don't take you as you know a big uh, television watcher or or whatnot but when it comes to um pop culture whether it's music or tv or a magazine what's kind of your go-to just to to get away and and entertain yourself you like movies yeah, so we, we 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 spoke that i'm you know i'm a sports guy and a racing uh, racing fan but 
uh, I, I grew up, uh, my mother was sickly when I was a kid mm-hmm. and we grew up with my grandmother taking care of us for a while. And she was one of 13 and her mother, my great grandmother had a restaurant in little Italy. So, uh, cooking was a big part of the family. And so I learned how to cook as a young age and that's remained with me as a hobby to this day. So cooking and wine, like I'll have family over friends over that's, you know, my go-to as far as relaxation, uh, and I love to cook uh, and enjoyment, you know, and, and, in music, um, you know, rock and roll middle, middle of the road, John Mellencamp, uh, uh, you know, Bob Seger kind of country Western music, uh, you know, that's that's my thing although you know i love a variety of music but um variety is a spice of life isn't it yeah exactly i like a little variety so what's your what is your your go-to dish like if you want to impress somebody you're having them over for dinner what are you going to make what's your go-to dish yeah you know i uh, look it's a great question but i get that asked a lot because i'm around food and even when i do when i when i when i've taken all of these road trips over the years throughout America, I'm always on back roads looking for mom and pop. They call it diners, drive-ins yeah. and dives now, but before it became di- diners, drive-ins and dives, you know, that was my second job after trying to sell guns going around the country <laughs> because I would always look to find places like Arnold's in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and as is, is an example, and I could give you a hundred other places more around around the country, but yeah. uh, it, it's really, uh, you know, soulful from the heart cooking, and my go-to is, you know, like uh, when my kids were growing up, I'd get up early before everybody else, and I'd go to the market, and whatever intrigued me, that visit to the market a little bit of this a little bit of that whatever hit the I'd taste buds and, I, and i'd make it and my cooking is basically mediterranean style very healthy you know olive oil garlic fi- you know fish kind mm. of a thing uh, and of course mm. a pasta and i'm italian and a multitude of other things but <laughs> yeah and look food food brings us all food brings us all together Maybe that's you know, the answer, Anthony. Is is yeah. food? Maybe you just everybody should just dine together. You know. That's, yeah. Take all the gun people. Take all the anti-gun people. I'll make a big uh, uh, anti-pasto and a dish of pasta and crack open some good wine. Let's put an end to this. A perfect. I love that situation, man. I love that. I think that's where it starts. It's the stomach. Yeah. You know, the stomach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please the stomach and everything else is happy too. That's true. So, um, true. and and I'm sure you've you're at the point in your life where you know you can do anything, go anywhere, have anything that you that you want. What is something that laws be damned, money be damned, you would do, or maybe you would you would own? I'm, I'm honestly not about material possessions. I'm more about experiences. And I try to teach that, you know, to my kids, like uh, a, a Chanel handbag or a, a, a Prada eyeglasses isn't the way to go. It's yeah. some kind of, you know, experience that 
moves your emotions. And that's, you know, that's uh, really what I look for. And, uh, you know, it could be in a whole bunch of different ways, whether it's, you know, being involved in our, in our, our charitable stuff or mentoring a young a young person and, and or, you know, or, you know, to be a little selfish, some traveling and going to see the things and experience the things mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, that I want to see. It, to me, that's that's really what it's all about. Well, what part of uh, Italy is your family from? Uh, from a very on my father's side from a very small remote island called Ventotene, uh, which is like means windy of the wind. And uh, it's only inhabited by about 500 people still to this day. We have a couple of relatives that still live there. It's about an hour and a half by boat from the mainland. It's only two and a half miles long, you know, and, uh, quite an interesting have you been uh, there nice yes i've been there twice and uh, you know i know where my grandfather's house is because we still have one relative that's oh, nice. living there and in fact i'm going again uh i'm taking all three of my kids two of them have been but my son hasn't been i'm taking them uh towards the latter part of september there's an annual festival there so that'll be the first time that he's there and it's 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 very emotional. You know, I have both of my grandparents because my mother's side of the family, the father came from uh, the south central coast of Sicily, Agrigento, uh, and I have their Ellis Island records oh. in frames in the hallway in my apartment here uh, awesome. in, in, in New York City uh, because I it, this is very emotional for me. Sure. I respect where they came from beyond poverty. I mean, it, it, uh, basically penniless. And both of them uh, told my father that uh, if they didn't leave during, you know, you know, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, they would have starved to death at that at that oh, point. Wow. And uh, they love this country. In fact, one of them would not go back. He feared, uh, my mother's father feared that if he went back, somehow they wouldn't let him come back. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, Didn't want to risk the it. other one yeah. went back a cup went back a couple of times. But you know, our uh, our factory in Bayonne looks out on the uh, Statue of Liberty because it's right on the waterfront. And to think that, you know, they came by boat from these little, little remote places uh, from poverty. Oh, yeah. It's pretty, pretty incredible. And the conditions that they had to travel over here in, too, were just horrific. You know, nothing like. I'm grateful for them. I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for their bravery. Absolutely. That is a great story. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's awesome. You're welcome. All right, I'll ask you one more question, and then uh, we'll we'll wrap this up. I know you got uh, things you need to be doing. You're in New York City, baby, city that never sleeps, right? <laughs> yeah. um, if you could spend, and this could be a range, or maybe the racetrack, or you know, wherever. Pick pick the scenario, but if you could spend the day at the range with any one person, or maybe a group of people, whether they're still living, dead, or fictional, who would you choose? 
Jesus, Abraham Lincoln immediately come to mind. Okay. Those two. Uh, uh, Would you do the racetrack or the range with them? I'd do the racetrack. I'd track. probably sit down to the last, the second last supper with them <laughs> <laughs> and cook and cook. That would probably be my, be my thing. But yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I would probably go to the, go to the racetrack and yeah. sit back and, uh, and, and, and enjoy, enjoy a race and let them relax a little. They both had, uh, some difficult experiences to contend with and they both got through it. And so, uh, I would like to see Abraham Lincoln in a car, racing a car with his hat on that would be, <laughs> with it sticking out of the top, <laughs> yeah. cut a hole. Yeah. So his hat would fit through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you said, uh, you're, you're getting into the, um, the formula one racing. They just recently had a formula one race here in Nashville downtown. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, you know, when my son started racing several years ago, I picked up on Formula One then, but it's evolved, evolved, evolved. And um, we use a lot of Haas machinery uh, in in our factories, uh, which, by the way, I like telling folks, um, we have 600 employees, we have three factories with 350,000 square feet of manufacturing space, and uh, we use a lot of Haas machinery amongst other machinery. So yeah. Haas supports a, a Formula One team. And occasionally I'm in their, uh, you know, hospitality uh, suite at, at a race. In nice. fact, they just invited me to uh, the one in, in uh, that passed last time in Canada uh, a couple weeks ago. But I, I, I couldn't make it. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's. It's it's all good stuff. Yeah. Now, do good you stuff. own your own cars, or are you just sponsoring the cars? Do you have one that you own? We own our dirt cars, mm -hmm. and when we race in uh, IMSA, we own those cars as well. Uh, but for example, the Xfinity car is uh, is a Haas car that uh, they basically get us the driver, and uh, we get the livery for for the event. Sweet, that's yeah. nice. That, well, that'd be fun. Um, we'll yeah. have to have to catch well, you on look, your next, next one. year. Come to the Henry 180. It's uh, you know basically Write every as long as Xfinity and NASCAR keep that series in in Road America in Wisconsin, uh, we'd love to have you love to have you as we'd a guest. We did a come. great shoot with uh, Kevin Harvick and uh, some of the other drivers last year yeah. uh, pre race. Uh, he was there with his uh, lovely family, his wife and his children, and we had a few other drivers there and some of the maintenance crews and all of that. And very cool. Uh, we had a blast. Uh, oh, they're fun. Free race, fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love I love going to races, and that's in Wisconsin. When is that? The Henry One Eighty. Uh, July second. Uh, it's going to be on you know national national tv i forget what network it's it's on i think it might be on the usa network though I'm, i might be wrong uh but it's saturday july 2nd the henry 180 and then uh, as we're speaking july is july 4th is coming up what are your big plans for july 4th well we'll be i'll be driving with my two daughters are coming to uh the race this year 
and her birthday, one of them, their birthday is July 2nd. So I told her she can throw the green flag for the Henry 180. But July 4th, we'll be driving five hours across the state to Rice Lake where our factory is. And we'll probably stop for a hot dog and a Dairy Queen somewhere. Uh, 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 along the way, Find can't a nice go mom on and pop. Fourth of July without a hot dog. Oh, absolutely not. Very good. Well, Anthony, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I greatly appreciate you taking the time to be on and and letting us learn not only more about uh, Henry Repeating Orange, but yourself uh, and and your background. And I think we could probably talk for several more hours. I got a lot of other questions I'd like to ask you, but um, any any last parting words for our Leadhead Brigade, our listeners? Well, you know, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on. And uh, you you did a wonderful job, you know, getting into some of the personality and the personal stuff. And that's what I love about our, bi- our business and about our industry, because to me, it's all about the people. And uh, so kudos to you. You, you, you. you. you did a great job and I didn't mind you know, discussing some of those things at all. And, you know, you even got me a little riled up there with uh, the political side of things, which which was fine. But I'd love to, you know, hey, at the end of the day, I want to sell Henry. So, folks, go to our website, henryusa.com, get your free catalog, sign up for our newsletter, etc. And uh, people, I think, will enjoy being part of the Henry family, whether they buy a gun or not, because we're more than just bragging about our product line. We, 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 we're, just, we're gonna bring an emotional connection to you. That we, we, we wanna hear from you. We wanna hear about your who you are, what you do. Just let's connect, henryusa.com. And, and one more thing I forgot, we can't we can't ignore the the listener questions. We have some listener questions for you. Okay. If, if you will entertain us with this, uh, and then we've got a couple of giveaways that we're going to do uh, for our listeners here. Um, I made a post yesterday on Instagram asking, uh, letting them know that you were going to be our guest today, and um, these are the questions that we got so far. Instagram's pulling up. If I haven't been banned by now yeah (laughs) completely uh let's see pew pew rn a henry semi semi auto in the form factor of long range and 308 and other similar calibers that's his favorite he's saying um he was okay He's saying he would like to see a big bore series of rifles in the 454 Casul, 460 Smith & Wesson, and 500 Magnum. Any plans for those? Uh, the answer is right now, no. Uh, we've looked at some of those calibers. Uh, the, the 500, look, it's a great ca- caliber, and I love my folks. It's friends at Smith & Wesson, uh, great great bunch of folks there uh but we looked at that platform and it was just too big and unwieldy for our receiver designs there's a possibility with a 454 casul one of these days you know uh maybe the 460 the 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 policy that we have adopted is that when we see guns going in the box that they're coming off the assembly line we 
announce it announce it to the to the public and so what i suggest is get on our email list all you need to do is sign up for our free catalog and we don't bombard you with emails it's really not we're not heavy-handed with it but you'll get advanced you'll get uh you know alert when we're ready to announce uh something new and i could say that you folks could expect to see us uh, you know, extend the lever action line into some areas that we're not currently in. And, uh, but you'll also see us uh, take the Henry name and uh, broaden it into other firearms designs. That was going to be my question is other than the rifle and the shotgun, can we expect uh, another uh, class classification of firearm coming from Henry? The answer is yes. At some point, yes. When that is, I can't say. Sure. But, um, you know, we've got uh, five years of uh, five plus years of firearms in in development. You know, by the time you put pen to paper and you uh, begin a firearms design and journey, uh, it's about a three year process before you see the gun get into sure. a box. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. And hope for no Murphy's Law and everything else that can... That always happens, especially with the supply chain issues that we're having now, too. It's put a lot of people's projects on the back burner. Uh, Jay Allen on Facebook says, thank you for Made in America. Well, uh, that's what we're all about, and he's most most welcome. Uh, Look, Even when I sold guns behind the counter in my family's police equipment slash gun shop, you know, it was a little weird taking an iconic American name, sell, uh, seeing an iconic American name of a firearm and it's made somewhere else. Know, yeah. Somewhere else. Some other know, country. It, yeah. it, that's a bit in a gun. That's kind of hard to digest. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think you nailed it. You did a great job. Giddy up. Not buying yeah. one until they put a side loading. Dang, I guess Henry is my in my future. <laughs> so, I guess you uh, did make one in a side loading uh, model there. So, yeah, we uh, uh, when we started the Henrys, you know, was of course it was rimfire, so it was tubular. But then when we went into the big boy design, which was our first center firearms design, we kept with the theme of tubular design because it was in honor of the original Henry, which was tubular design. And so we stuck with that until just, I don't know, three years ago, four years ago at this point, where we evolved to, we have a design that's both side gate and tubular fed, quite a unique and practical design. And you'll see more side gates from us and other other variations nice uh, definitely there was a, a a need and a want for that and you guys filled it um akr archer's favorite is the new original iron framed uh he said just has that classic look and feel i'd love to have one we'll get you one get you one ak M. Archer. Yeah, that is a beautiful looking gun with the color case hardened uh receiver and the walnut that we use on the new American, uh, the new original Henry's, uh, is uh, what we call fancy grade American walnut. Uh, 
and so it's quite quite an attractive uh, quite an attractive gun. In fact, in uh, a new movie that's coming out, we just supplied eleven of them to uh, to be used in a movie called Emigrant Gulch, which is going to come out soon. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Definitely. Yeah. See, Brett Bedell, my favorite Henry rifles are some of the newer models, Big Boy Steel Side Gate, Load Option, and Henry X models. I have a few older lever actions, but as far as new purchases, what I would like to see is a Henry X model with actual wood stock and four-in. Stay tuned. It's in the mail, right? <laughs> it's in the mail. Uh, we've got several other questions here. Um, I'm going to pick a couple of winners. Did, did one of those questions really stand out? Um, to you that you liked. We're going to award them a product from our sponsor, Seal One. It's a CLP, all-natural-based gun cleaning product. Um, did Pick a winner from what, for that. Which uh, question? Yeah, I'm going to pass the baton to you because I want you to be the bad guy for all <laughs> of the guys that didn't win, didn't win the prize. Right. So. I'm going to pick Brunk I need to put my glasses on, Anthony. I'm... I have I have an answer for you. This is what we're going to do. You pick the winner for those products, but those are the six questions. You get me. You get Dan at our company. That that person's name and address. They'll get a Henry cap and a Henry campfire mug. Give them all, give them all all six questions. A little Henry uh, swag. Well, thank my you. My pleasure. Awesome. Thank you. I will definitely do that. I'll pick Brunken06 for the uh, SEAL 1. He says, I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, but really interested in one of those Sweet Henry 410 uh, side gates, which, you know, we didn't we didn't talk about the shotguns, but you guys also do shotguns, so that's, that's pretty sweet. Yes. So Brunken06, email me, talkinglate at gmail.com. Uh, I'll need your shipping address. Uh, to get that over to our friends over at Seal One. Uh, and then we're also going to give away one of these trays, Anthony. These are called uh, dump trays. I use them for my armorer's trays when I'm cleaning my guns or disassembling. Oh. Uh, but you can put your keys and all that uh, by your nightstand. They work great for that. For Mission First Tactical. And uh, let's go with... I'll go on to the Facebook. I'll do Jay Allen. He's the one who said, uh, thank you for Made in America. So, Jay Very Allen, nice. you get a Mission First Tactical dump tray. Email me, talking at gmail.com. Uh, and then those other ones that we read, email me. And uh, thanks to the generosity of, of Anthony there, you guys are going to get some cool Henry swag. So, awesome. Yeah, And, you know, I uh, if uh, there's another opportunity to come on the program Absolutely. Uh, let's send this to you. I would be happy to do it. Or if you get Andy Wickstrom, our company president, I I'd like to take a walk through the product line. Uh, you know, you and I got a lot of good personal stuff, yeah. political stuff, uh, history, all good, important stuff. But we should walk through the product line. All, you know, our rim fires, 22 long rifle, 22 magnum, 17 HMR, etc. Then go into our various... Uh, center fire calibers where we're going to take you across the board up to let's say 6.5 
Creedmoor and some new ones that are coming out in our Long Ranger series, our shotguns, our single shot shotguns, our Henry U.S. Survival, a takedown uh, 22, our mini bolt for oh, yeah. for the beginner. You There's know a lot of be... product stuff that we could we could get into, and you know I should a- come a- to Andy your great. I should come to your factory and do that come show on out. and do that come show. Come on out. We will get you out on Rice Lake. We'll crack open a few beers on the paddle boat, and we'll grill some steaks. And uh, I love we'll it. Talk guns. I love it. We could we could set up the studio there and record. That would be awesome. I would. Yeah, love doing and you that. could see how how things get made. You know, we've got uh, almost 400 employees out there, and we are cutting metal. And uh, I would love to all do all kinds that. of stuff. Love all kinds of good stuff. Like you'll see that you know. A lot goes into making the gun. A lot. Oh yeah, yeah. I've yeah. done I've done several uh, factory tours. I've done Daniel Defense. I've been to Glock. I've been to uh, going to Keltec. Uh, but yeah, um, I would love to see how lever actions are made. That would be interesting, definitely. Door is open. All right, Leadheads. Uh, until the next episode, if you've got questions, you got comments, um, you can email me talkingleadgmail.com on the social meds. Again, to help us out, share our posts, like our post. Um, our sponsors do the same. We're getting, we're getting heavily shadow banned. Uh, and go support our sponsors. Mission First Tactical. Go to missionfirsttactical.com. Use the code LEADHEAD. Get 20% off. SEAL1.com. Use the code LEADHEAD. Get 25% off. 1776 United. Talking Lead is the code. You get 20% off. Factory 47. Use the code LEADHEAD. You get 10% off at... Uh, Medicine in Bad Places, you're going to get your uh, med kits 20% off. Use the code LEADHEAD20, you get 20% off there. And let, at Keltec, uh, anything but their firearms, you can get uh, 15% off. Go to their pro shop, keltecweapons.com. LEADHEAD, you get 15% off there. Uh, and I don't think I missed anybody, but if I did, you guys know who our sponsors are. You know the codes. If you don't, email me, gmail.com. Go and show Anthony some love. Go to their social media. Go to their Instagram. Uh, you guys have Instagram, I'm sure. It's Henry Repeating Arms or Henry I, off Rifles. Off the top of my head, I, I, I don't know what it is. I suggest going to the website first because then you'll see links to Facebook, to exactly. to, to Instagram, etc. You know, in Instagram, you'll see a lot of, you know, product, good, you know, products, shots and stories behind oh, it. Oh, there's but some beautiful fa- pictures. Facebook is more stories beyond product line. There you go. And it's henryusa.com, Leadheads. And uh, let them know how much you appreciate uh, Anthony being on the show. We'd love to have you back, Anthony. Um, again, we'll talk, like we said, we'll do. We'll talk product line next time. And I'm sure we'll have more to talk about uh, in the meantime. But And until the next episode, Leadheads, as always, keep your loved ones close and your firearms closer. Protect and provide with a Henry by your side. Take care. Thank you and God bless.